From sneakers to what's coming out of your speakers, and from singing on Sunday to dominating the runway. Today, we're talking about Kanye West and the rise of Yeezy. I'm Chaz, he's Brit, and this is The Furious Curious. Kanye West. Yay. Yeah, indeed. Uh, fascinating cultural figure. Oh, my uh, God. He himself is a cultural phenomenon. <laughs> exactly. And, and a force of nature, however you want to yeah. categorize it. But he has certainly um, been launched into the stratosphere in terms of his fame in the last several years. And there's just so much to talk about. I mean, I know. We could, we could do almost a whole series on him. You you brought this up. I mean, yeah. what is what about him and, and certainly the Yeezy brand jumped mm -hmm. out to you? In case people don't know, I'm in case you've been living under a rock, which some people have, and we've all lived under rocks at some point. Kanye West started as a as a producer, as a as a rap producer and hip hop producer uh, in the early two thousands. So he produced a lot of stuff, but you know, as a as a rap producer. Or, or as a music producer, you're you're kind of in the background. You're kind of like the director of a film, so to speak, but in music. So he was kind of he kind of got his reputation as this really genius producer who was working with all sorts of like really cool artists. And he kind of uh, he kind of rose to notoriety in in the music industry that way. And then he's like, you know what? I can rap. Like I'm gonna rap. So then he started to rap, and people were like, oh, you know. Kanye, come on! You're you're a hip, you're a producer. You like you can't rap, and he, he makes himself quite a notorious artist, music artist, rap artist. And then he wanted to get into fashion, and then he wanted to get into sneakers. And now, I mean, he, now he has basically the Yeezy Empire uh, is from anything from architecture to sneakers to fashion to clothing to, to you know Sunday service. All these things have just kind of he's kind of built this kind of multidisciplinary empire that has been quite incredible to watch over the past 15 years um so that that's kanye in a nutshell you know he was born in atlanta grew up in chicago you know his mom was a professor you know he took an interest in the arts very early on he went to art school for a little bit and then went to um to get a degree in english so you know he's kind of a prolific frankly incredibly brilliant unique individual which is why we're talking about him today yeah and and just like another chicago icon um you mentioned earlier Oprah. Like he he is almost like yeah. a one one person cottage industry. Yeah, has his figure in so many different pies and seems to excel, or you know rise to the top of whichever sort of field he chooses to dabble in, which is incredibly remarkable and incredibly um, you know I, I think it's worth inquire you know it's worth studying just because it mm -hmm. is so intriguing. I, so so yeah. I I think though like there's two ways to talk about him right. I think one way is like, you know, one, in my opinion, and I think this is why I wanted to bring it up. Like, I think he's one of the most fascinating people of our age. Like I said, we could probably do a whole pod series on him, but there is this, like, there's the media portrayed celebrity Kanye who's married to Kim Kardashian. So there's that man, but then there's also, you know, his ideas, his work, his life, Kanye, the, the creative Kanye, the, the thinker, the innovator, you know, I'm more interested. I think most people, you know, he's, he's gotten a lot of 
notoriety because of his celebrity status. But if you really peel all that away, which I think he would want us to do, to really look at his work, the things he's making, the things he's producing, the things he's creating, him as an artist, I think is a quite a fascinating conversation. Oh, it really is. And, and I think the numbers prove out this sort of worldwide level of intrigue. Yeah. Uh, 21 million albums sold, 100 million digital downloads worldwide. Uh, net worth estimates upwards of 1.3 billion, which is a newish development largely credited towards uh, the Yeezy brand himself. Mm -hmm. uh, this Yeezy branded clothing line has exploded in the last several years. Uh, his total stake in this is seen as being worth $100 million. There, There's yeah. a, a range of different sort of stats around this. Uh, but basically the the Yeezy fashion labels, current estimates are around $1.26 billion. Wow. Um, it's described by Forbes as one of the great retail stories of the 21st century, Jeez. widely considered to be one of the most influential sneaker brands in the world. Uh, his partnership, ongoing partnership with Adidas who are the, his the, the shoemaker for for Yeezy before Adidas? That was predated by Nike. The first Yeezys themselves were Nikes. Mm -hmm. Short-lived uh, engagement of a couple of years, and then the the Yeezy campus, which is his Westlake Ranch in Cody, Wyoming, yeah. uh, creates spaces that allow humans, as he calls it, to maximize their potential to create a paradigm shift for humanity. So, lot to discuss there. Uh, wow. What? What did he, what is it of, of those things I mentioned just then? What is most intriguing to you, Brett? Just his story from he went from this like producer to to this. Like you just see how far he's gone, and how how many things he's created, and not only that, but like how how his his fingerprint on all this work is very similar. Like everything he works on is very like is very like kanye like there's nothing like oh he made that that's interesting like everything he taught very seldomly do you have a creative firepower where across a sneaker or a sh you know or 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 a shirt or or a architectural dome or a song can you have this kind of this kind of medium agnostic expression of, of a person. And that's what I think is really cool about him. You know, I think part of that is his color palettes are very particular and he, he loves, he loves color. He loves like earth tones. I think he uses that really, really well and uses, um, he uses color really, really well. But I think like the whole idea of, you know, this kind of a, a place to experiment, the fact that he went all the way to Cody, Wyoming, just to kind of get away from it all, you know, to, to even kind of get away from the LA crazy, uh, even, even though he lived in Calabasas, like, you know, I, I find that really another, another remarkable decision by him. It's like he went to the middle of like the mountains and is now starting a whole, a whole place where what you said, like people can, can maximize their, their potential. I think is a really cool thought. Yeah, it really is. I, I just think the guy is such a fascinating persona. And look, I, I remember buying the college dropout when it came out in 2004. And, and even back then there was something incredibly cerebral, incredibly, and, you know, I use this term, I don't use this term sort of lightly, but people like he was seen as somewhat of a renaissance man even before he had made it somehow. Mm -hmm. And there was something weirdly contrarian about his shtick. And, and I'll, I'll touch on it in jumping into the five reasons why. And yeah. the, the, the one sort of early signifier of, of what made him so unique. But just, just on that, I think, why don't we jump into the five reasons why and, and get into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meat. 
yeah. what makes him so interesting. So the five reasons why we're calling him a cultural phenomenon. Number one, I want to say he's both critically and popularly acclaimed. Now, when you think of, you know, whether it's the Marvel films, whether it's Spielberg films, um, you know, uh, certain certain musicians, certain filmmakers, other kinds of art form, sometimes they are by wider claim, they're, they're popular with the masses, but they're sort of seen as... Um, less than ideal by the critics. And and Kanye is mm. one of those few that actually breaks through. Like yeah. he, he, he sort of, you could call him the, the Spielberg of his industry rather than the Paul Thomas Anderson who makes these beautiful art house, you know, wonderfully made films. But a lot of the time they don't have mass reach. Kanye has both. Right. And, and you know, I, I'd say, you know, Taylor Swift to a degree also has this a little bit. Beyonce has this a little bit as well. The, the, he truly is a phenomenon in that sense. He's really broken through the people who make their living in terms of critiquing what is highbrow art and, and wonderfully made art. They love him. The masses love him as well. So I'm calling that both critical and popular acclaim is the number one reason why. I think what's interesting, Chaz, is like most of the things we talk about, right, are this is kind of like grass up, right? Like ground up these phenomenons where culture shift, you know, you know, as a, as a herd, we, we, or as a flock, we move and we morph and we move towards certain things. And I think like, you know, a lot of the topics we talked about in the past are kind of, kind of a, an outcome of this kind of collective behavior that we, that we are as, as, as humans, you know, you could call those trends even, right? I think for him, he's almost he is the force. He is the culture creator. Instead of like we kind of see culture kind of after it's uh, after it's kind of happened or after like something's crystallized, he's the almost his own force. Like he's his own culture creator. I guess like when I was when I was reading and or listening to um, the Zane Lowe interview, but some of the things he was even saying were, were pretty incredible. But you know, he was saying we are culture. Like I am creating culture. Like this is me creating stuff for for everybody to benefit from like i go to the i go to fashion week now in paris and people thank me because now i've inspired every other i've inspired dior i've inspired versace i've i've inspired um you know what else i've inspired uh, chanel whatever whatever it may be he's now kind of it's his own force which i think is kind of a unique not something we typically talk about right like this particular person is is his own force of nature to be reckoned with which i think is pretty pretty cool no, no, no question about it. I mean, that's actually a nice segue into the nature of his persona, yeah, yeah. which I'm calling he's an innovator. Now, I, I found this quote from uh, someone by the name of Hans Jean Francois, writing for mm. Elite Daily. Kanye has never truly had a quote unquote run. Very few artists like Kanye mm. are able to withstand time by constantly innovating and reinventing themselves without conforming to any sound saturating the current market. Whatever the name of his next album might be, I see it as a child of his previous works coupled with something new that will further advance music to come. That is why Kanye will never have just a run or just a time. In terms of artistry, he's more than that. He is all time. Now, wow. there, there was wow. a really interesting piece uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was, uh, it was a video. It was really well done by Vox, and it had Kanye using v the voice as a musical instrument, going way back to the college dropout with Jesus Walks, up you know throughout his whole catalog. Mm -hmm. There is a particular focus on the human voice, whether it's 
his own voice, sampled voices, other type of hooks that he has incorporated that are incredibly compelling that he he seems to, I don't want to say recycle, but reimagine and reframe as he goes along. So the fact that he's such a perpetual innovator, now I, I'm no music historian, but when you listen to Kanye, it's hard not to think of someone like the Beatles with the with his level of experimentation. Like, and I mean that in the best possible way. He's, yeah. he's that level of of genius level musician and Renaissance man. So, mm-hmm. in terms of that innovation, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, he's he's created his own universe that can continually expand. I think is kind of what what Hans was getting at. That's totally true and totally real. And you know, I think he's one of those people that like everything he does is art. And he says this, you know, one thing I think what tipped me off to for us talking about this today is this GQ article that he did. This is May of 2020. Uh, it's a really good article. If any of you all want to have a read, I think it kind of is a nice uh, expansion of what we're talking about uh, regarding him right now. But like he says, like everything I do is art. Even that interview, I consider this art. Um, so that's just a hallmark of a true, like creative, I think it's, it's cool. But one thing that he's taught me is he, and he talks about this in the article. And I remember this even before just feeling like he gave, he gives artists permission to iterate, like kind of in real time. Like, for example, like you and I, like when we started this, you know, this pod, this podcast has evolved, not, not because we've done, like, we've worked on it kind of like. And then finally, when we felt like we quote perfected it, we're going to now release it. We just like kept iterating as we went. Right. And I think like what's, what's really cool about him is he's, he's very, uh, he's all about that. He's all about like art is never finished or, you know, a work is never complete. Like there's always more to be improved upon. And I think this, like this whole idea of him iterating in public, like even in Twitter, you know, you just get this flow of consciousness, even, um, some of the songs you can kind of tell like are based on like a, just a voice memo that he started, you know, I think that's just really cool. You know, he'll, he'll show, he'll just take pictures of sketches, Chaz, like of sneakers that he's working on or, or a cool architectural design for a home that he's working on. And he'll just post that, like this idea that art is never finished and we're just always going to, we're just continually creating. I think for me, like as a, as a, previous perfectionist i think my you know anything i would want to create typically i wouldn't end up doing because i feel like well it's not perfect enough for like a public consumption so i'm just not going to do it and he totally flips that over it's like no like just make make keep making keep making keep making and it's going to get better with time i just love that yeah and just on that you know you touched on the voice memo and i think it was an alarmingly high number of like percentage of the lyrics and vocals yeah. for, I think, uh, the last album, Jesus is King. I, I think he said between 40 and like 30 and 40% was recorded on his phone. And it's not like right. he had the idea. He recorded, like the voice memo is the is. track. <laughs> right. So he just made it. I was like, gee, like talk about the spirit of innovation there because you can oh imagine, gosh. you know, years gone by, oh, no, we have to wait to get in the studio. He's just right. like. Like I want to tap into the serendipity whenever the lightning strikes and I'm going to use it. And even that organic, imperfect nature of it, because he's well known, like he doesn't, it's not like he has the best voice in the world. It's mm-hmm. the fact that he's so, I guess, free and open to using it prolifically that sort of contributes to this sort of um, impressive body of work that is much revered. So I love that. I mean, that. so an example of that, I think, is on Jesus is King. 
which is a freaking sweet record. Yeah, everybody. It's if nice, you haven't yeah. listened to it, it's so good in my opinion. What I was gonna say is the song "Use This Gospel." It just starts with that. And it's just like you can hear, you can just almost hear him just humming that into his phone. And he builds an entire song off that, just that mumble uh, from his iPhone. I just, I love that. You're seeing a song get made, getting birthed as you're listening to it. Like, I love that's incredible to me. It's so it's so fast and loose as well. The fact yeah. that as a producer, he and and that was his craft. He's sort of very much au fait with all the the tools and the tricks and the hacks and what have you. But he still goes lo-fi when need be, and he knows that. Guess what? I can I can lay down the track and I can fix it later. And that spirit of iteration, I I think, sort of is the progenitor of a lot of innovation. So and, I appreciate that for that. And he's got the credential to do that because he's done the slick productions of the past. You know, yeah. So it's not like, oh, well, he just doesn't know how to do it. it. This is like a conscious choice to remove all the filters and be, frankly, kind of more naked as an artist, which I th I just find very refreshing as a perfectionist. So yeah, yeah. totally. Well, just on that and that spirit of sort of iterating in public, uh, the next yeah. reason why I'm calling this he's a multi hyphenate. Yeah. Now, from he's a producer, he's a rapper, he's a fashion icon, preacher, designer he has a finger in so many different pies and this helps expand his reach and makes him a cultural yeah. force. Now, if he, you know, he's the Disney of people, the Walt, or I don't want to say Walt Disney. He's like the Disney mm -hmm. empire brought to human form. Uh, mm. He's also the husband mm. of Kim Kardashian, you know, for better or worse. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the most famous people in the world. And to me, and I mentioned this before, he does feel more Oprah than Jay-Z, even though in, in craft he had his start in the same in a similar vein to the way Jay-Z did. But he he's more, I guess he's he's he spread wide. He's more T-shaped, I guess, than Jay-Z. He's got a broader uh, sort of empire in that sense. I feel like Jay-Z's empire, kind of like Puff, right? Like they have like they've got fashion, they've got, you know, they've got their prop their media properties and just properties. I don't think they're as creatively involved or it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel as they feel like they're more of mogul than like yeah, yeah, yeah. creative creator. Stink. Like he's, he's not just, he's not a mogul. Like he's, he's a creative powerhouse, you yeah. know? And I, and you know, I think it helps to have a celebrity uh, wife. I think that really kind of catapulted him into uh, the stratosphere. I think it gave him a, you know, for lack of a better, pun a boost um <laughs> <laughs> which we'll get into with the sneakers um but i i agree you know i think i think for to me like what he's introduced to me what he has destroyed is this idea of lanes right like i was always taught okay if you're going to be really good at this just be really good at that and don't do anything else it's a very like classical but you know i'm thinking like to me he's like the da vinci of our age like mm. I, you know, he was a, he's, he's a painter, you know, Da Vinci was a painter. He was a scientist. He was a designer. He was designing stuff. You know, he was figuring out things, this whole idea of science separate from art, which is separate from philosophy was totally like not that in the Renaissance, those were all just disciplines that everybody could, could, could participate in and contribute to just like uh, Leonardo Da Vinci did. I think in a, in a weird, cool way, Kanye's he's bringing that back. He's saying, Oh wait, why can't, 
I'm a producer. Why can't I rap? Oh, I'm a rapper. Why can't I make a sneaker? I, you know, I made a sneaker and, and I rap. Like, why can't I have a fashion? Why can't I, wait, why can't I make architecture? Why can't I build a home? Why can't I make a tank? You know, like, wait, why can't I do like a thing like Sunday service? You know, he just, like, he has decided that the rules don't apply. The, the, the rules that have been told to all of us about, well, you are this, therefore you can't do that. He just, do, he just doesn't even think about it, which is a very, in my opinion, a very Renaissance mentality, a very Leonardo da Vinci mentality. So I just love that. It's certainly bold and it certainly requires a, um, a level of self-assuredness that is particularly rare. That yeah. willingness to try a lot of things and be ridiculed and to be told to stay in your lane and to be prepared to fail in public and, you know, maybe flame out, maybe do some embarrassing things and become stronger as a result. So I, I just, it, it sort of, it goes against the grain. You know, what, what do they say? Uh, you know, Jack of all trades, master of none. You know, I, I quoted this uh, line, a Russian proverb, chase two rabbits, catch neither. Uh, he, he spreads himself very thin, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't seem to be a dud at anything. He seems to be respected and, <laughs> right. and, and attract some of the top peers in everything he does, certainly from fashion, certainly to architecture and unquestionably with music. Mm. Uh, so, you know, th I think that's a, also a, a segue into the next one, which is perhaps a, you know, a, a, an inconvenient thing to discuss, but I think is also part of his charm. The fact that the, the number four reason why is I'm saying he's controversial. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, going back and he's walked back this quote ever since, and I, I think I read it in the GQ article, after Katrina, when he he made the controversial statement that um, George Bush don't care about black people, uh, when he went up and, and tried to take the Grammy off Taylor Swift uh, at the Grammys, um, you know he endorsed Trump, then he walked it back. You know he people sort of don't know where he stands. Then he you know he buddies up with Elon Musk, who he himself is becoming somewhat of a controversial figure in some in some circles. Then he you know he runs for president himself, and it seems like he pulled out not not long after running, but you can definitely see that there's probably a, a legitimate run in his future sometime. So the fact that this controversy feeds into, I guess, the mythology of, of who he is, and even that is, a, I guess, a force multiplier for his cultural phenomena, uh, the, the nature of it anyway. When I was doing a little bit of extra research on his, on his presidential campaign, he was wearing a bulletproof vest, like when he was like, speaking <laughs> just like <laughs> he makes a lot of controversial statements they're, they're controversial because people haven't accepted them but that doesn't mean they're not true like there was one in that article right Chaz like I'm just gonna I keep I keep just thumbing through this because it just reminds me of all the cool things that are in this GQ article he said this is this is crazy like this this just like totally popped off the page for me he said they don't teach you in school about buying property they teach you how to become somebody's property. That's mm. a pretty that's a pretty spicy thing to say. There's a lot of undertones to that. There's a there's historical undertones to that. There's a there's a modern observation about that. You know, he he has his opinions about, you know, how people are controlled now by, you know, being convinced that they're victims or or low self-esteem. You know, he says all this stuff in the article. So, I mean, there's no shortage of controversial statements that he makes, right? But they they're never they never seem to be like like it, it's not like they're wrong. Like they're just like, "Whoa, why would you ever like who would ever think that?" 
Yeah, you know? I mean, there's some of those, and and I do think. I mean, there is like, some wrong one. There is some wrong ones too. I'm just also wrong-headed, yeah. sort of ethically and probably selfish, <laughs> sure, selfish-driven. Sure. But I also think some of the greats. You know, we recently discussed Michael Jordan, whether it's Gretzky, whether it's John Lennon, whether it's you know Elon Musk himself. People at the top of their craft, they do have this level of uh, zeal and focus that a lot of people don't have. I actually yeah. watched. Um, it was uh, on the shop, the LeBron show. When Drake went on the shop, and yeah. You know, it's, it's actually a pretty interesting show when they bring people in and they just discuss people in this casual, uh, you know, discussing things in yeah. this very casual environment. And Drake told a whole story. And Drake himself is, you know, no small uh, figure in, in modern culture. Pretty he, smart guy. Yeah, yeah. And and he, he actually was talking. He told the story about Kanye inviting him to the ranch and basically Kanye saying, I need you to tell me what you're doing because let's collaborate on something. And then, ah, and then basically, yeah. like, he didn't really steal his ideas, but I think there was, you know, the insinuation that there was perhaps a little bit of, uh, you know, shady shenanigans that took place. If the Westlake Ranch does become the sort of experimentation sandbox for a lot of Kanye's ventures, I, I do think it is going to attract a lot a lot more sort of, uh, you know, attention from, you know, the music industry and beyond. I know that there, in Cody there was already signs. I think they were saying, you know, thank you, Kanye, or something similar. Oh, yeah, about the signs there. How he's sort of generating the local economy, you know, which was seen as a, a sleepy town of five or 10,000, uh, you know, a wonderful town by all accounts. But the fact that there's going to be renewed interest in it because you, you have a, a cultural icon that's decided to move there and set up shop. So just yeah. on the on the 5th, yeah, reason yeah. why I want to say it's bold and it, like his boldness <laughs> and this sort of probably the 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 yeah most obvious reason why. But you know who says a paradigm shift for humanity with a straight face? You know, um, <laughs> and then he even says, yeah, like, you know, the, the, his friendship with the Elon Musk, um, his undertakings with architecture and what he's trying to build this whole new model. I'm, I'm the next Steve Jobs. Stuff like yeah. That. yeah. And even says Kobe is a basketball equivalent of me, you know, like they were very close apparently. And he said, the word ambitious is not allowed to be used around me. Um, you know, and then it says Kanye West is nothing if not ambitious, but because ambition, when I hear it, it says that it's almost impossible. And mm. there is something about that. It's almost like don't give oxygen to any doubt. So if you act like it's, mm. you know, if you act like it's no big deal, you're just going to achieve this, then it's it's more likely to happen. You don't have to get over the, I guess, the perceptual hump that this is going to become something difficult. If you just sort of are clinical about moving forward, I think you probably do increase your chances of it happening. So um, just boldness is, uh, that, that was, I guess, how I'd want to recap that one. I think what makes him so bold is he has decided, and he said he says different versions of this, he's decided to just be himself. Like, that's just me. That's yay. Like he, he always says, like, he's just trying to be himself. Like he's removed. He said, I'm the first one to, to just admit that we all like wear masks and we all, you know, we all play a part. And he's like, I'm just trying to be me. Like, and I think if you really think that's true, like for a lot of people, like we all kind of put on like a, a dumbed down version of ourselves and we don't really get to be our own selves deeply. And I think what he's, what he's appealing to in all of us is that he uses this kind of like metaphor of Clark Kent versus Superman. Like, and he says like, I'll just read the quote actually here. He says, time and space are man-made constructs. Art never fully explains itself. Art is never fully done. 
me being normal, that's not even a true statement. You know what is normal to me? An act. I can act normal because that's me as Clark Kent. But artists are people who have embraced themselves uh, as a superhero. I think that's why he's so bold is he's just decided to embrace his complete uh, scrapes and, 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 and flaws and all. He's trying to be himself as much as possible. And I think, I think all of us in different ways, like we can all take note of that. I think that's really powerful. Um, he said also like people never change. They just get better at hiding who they really are. I refuse to follow the rules where society uh, has tried to control people with their with low self-esteem or I, I refuse to accept people's ideas of happiness for me. I mean, this guy just lives on his he lives on his own terms. And that's pretty awesome. That's yeah. why I think it's bold. It feels bold. It is. I also think I was just reminded then of there's that famous Steve Prefontaine quote, the uh, great yeah. um, Oregon uh, distance runner. He said one of his most quoted quotes is to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. And I, I think if if you extend that to the Kanye level of thinking, it's like almost lean into your idiosyncrasies. And and there's, there's all this like homespun wisdom around wisdom around this, like, you know, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. But if you are not manifesting whatever talents, big or small, they might be, then you are sort of just squandering them. And I think Mm -hmm. Kanye is sort of for, for better or worse said, look, I'm just going to lean in as hard as possible. And hopefully that by doing so, I might trigger a little spark of genius. And, and it seems like he has, in many respects. So, you know, more power to the guy. I like how he calls it. Um, some of the things he does, he, he calls it an ordainment. Like he, he really mm. believes this, this is a, from, from on high down a, a commission, you know, he's, he's living a life of, of purpose and commission, which I find, you know, I think we all want to live a life of purpose and, and creativity and, and personal expression and be able to reflect who we really are. And I think that's, I think it's cool. And I think he embodies all those things, which is why I think, people are attracted to him even when he ha- when he does detracting things. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. So just to recap the five reasons yeah. why, number one, he's both critically and popularly acclaimed. Number two, he's an innovator. Number three, he's a multi-hyphenate with his finger in a lot of pies. Number four, he's a controversial figure. And number five, his unquestionable boldness. <laughs> Boom. So... We're going to skip over the patron saints this week because I think as we've discussed before the show, we went, bang, guess what? There is only one Kanye. Uh, <laughs> he's certainly one of a kind. He's one of one. So onto the sonic embodiment. I was going to say, though, Chaz, really quick, if there are, and I ha- I don't know who they are, if there are patron saints of particularly of Yeezy, there's got to be, you know, he's, I think what's remarkable too is he's probably brought in, I think the article touches on this a little bit, he brings in some pretty incredible creative people, right? Mm. You know, some pretty amazing architects, some pretty amazing designers. So he's not, this isn't just him sketching out sneakers and then getting them made or, do, you know, he's still a, he's a, he's a creative director. That's what he is. You, you, you know, know the, the one thing I discovered, which I um, totally took me by surprise, he is an absolute, I'm going to use the word stan, which is a word that just entered the dictionary last week. Ah. <laughs> uh, stan, which is a super fan. He is an unequivocal super fan of the Japanese anime series and movie Akira. 
Oh, really? Now, yeah. <laughs> like I actually watched it this weekend with my kid. I've been meaning to do for a while. It's it's sort of seen as the uh, the cat or the Rolls Royce of, of manga. And, mm. and it sort of precipitated the, the anime revolution since. But I found a tweet from Kanye in, in 2018. Every stage show I've ever worked on, every video, not just mm. stronger, every product, even when I was in hospital, I would think, quote, oh, shit, this is like Akira. <laughs> this is not only the greatest <laughs> animation achievement in history, the subject matter is so relevant to the current state of the world. Now, he references Stronger, which is the video where he it's a direct uh, homage to, mm. to Akira, seen in Akira. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's just, and even like some of the discussions you hear on uh, on the, the videos when he, on GQ, when he talks about the design mm-hmm. of, of the, certainly the shoes, some of the shirts and the jackets of, of the Yeezy line. And I just mm-hmm. watched Akira and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, it's, I don't say it's a, it's a a direct ripoff because it's not, but it definitely has in its DNA this Akira sort of '80s anime, you know, genre. It's pretty heavy-handedly, so it, it looks nice. It's sort of built for. It feels futuristic in a positive yeah. way, yeah, in an elegant, in kind of in an elegant but also a functional way. I believe in one of the articles it was called Couture Service Wear. So yes. it almost feels like in the future, this is how this is how people are going to dress. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's very so, yeah. So it's very functional. Sorry, you were going to say something, Chad. No, no, that's it. Sorry, I, I just was rambling. No, that's a that's really interesting. His the stuff he makes is very functional. So that's why actually recently he just said, "I don't want Yeezy to be considered a fashion brand anymore. We we do uh, we're bigger than that. It's not fashion. Fashion seems kind of extra, right? Yeah. He has this way to whether it's the sneakers or or whatever. A lot of the sneakers. Uh, that's really where I think this is flexing, but like they have a sense of movement to them and there is a sense of cartoonness to them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Actually, I didn't think of that. And there's everything feels very human, but also very futuristic, which is very, I think hard and very utility, right? How can you be utilitarian human, but very future forward? That's a very hard line. That's a very interesting area to do. And that's where he, he hits that. Well, you definitely see it with things like some of the early Yeezy designs. They look like modern military combat boots. Right. And, and like, yeah. you know, know those are going to be comfortable, right? But and right. without the sort of, um, you know, militaristic overtones, they do mm-hmm. feel like you can imagine showing up to a meeting and there's a level of, um, you know, formality to them because they, they look serious. It's, mm-hmm. not like you're, it's not like you're wearing Ugg boots or flip-flops. It's like, no, no, these are built to, to you know withstand or sustain a lot of punishment mm-hmm. so uh, but there's also they're sort of elegantly and sleekly designed but also they look really comfortable so it definitely feels like you know something from a futuristic military movie <laughs> like you know out of uh let's say blade runner let's say mm-hmm. uh you know starship troopers something like this mm-hmm. so it, it definitely it has that futuristic but functional vibe so what are your take? What's your take on um, Masonic Embodiment? Oh man, uh, it's really probably like my favorite songs of his. I think I'm more of like the later uh, Jesus on. Yeah. Um, even for me, like Jesus is just kind of like hard to listen to, like lyrically. Just me personally, mm. I really, really, really love Jesus is King. I think uh, Yay is really good. Um, Life of Pablo. Anything off there, like I, you know particular songs i you know i would say my favorite song of his of all time is probably 
um, the one he did, Use This Gospel, off the most recent album. It's a hard road to heaven We call on your blessings In the Father we put our faith I just love that song And then uh, On God is Good That's a good one um, So yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start do you, have, do, you have, do you have favorites or thoughts? Yeah, well, I had some thoughts I remember like Jesus Walks It, came, it had some gospel singers And that, that was from um, the college dropout that sort of broke through in a big way. Homecoming was from graduation. That I feel like that was played a lot. It was sort of the, it got certainly mainstream play, and it's got a very you know familiar hook, and it's very melodic. And what I love most, she had so much soul. She said, Excuse me, little homie, I know you don't know me, but my name is Wendy and I like to. I loved, uh, you know, from Jesus King, Jesus King, I loved Follow God. I thought that was a, uh, you know, I'm not a religious person, but it, it, it was just very charming. It was very, um, mm-hmm. it was something really quite elegant about it. But I want to take it way back because this was yeah. probably the best, I guess, signifier of what was to come. His first single. Uh, it was called Through the Wire, and it was recorded when, uh-huh. his, jaw, when his jaw was wired shut after being in a, a well-known car accident. And mm. so rather than actually wait until this wire was taken out of his jaw, he said, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to rap. I'm going to record my first single. And it was, you know, well-received, and I think people said, wow, that's kind of a, a bold move for a, from a bold character. Back to you were saying about how he uses his voice. Um, I think he was really influenced by um, by Justin Vernon because I know they they did collaborations in the past. Uh, Justin Vernon of Bon Iver. Um, mm. I have a personal experience with this. I did some gigs way long time ago with um, Justin's old band. I wasn't in the band, but I we were the opener. D'Armond Edison and I remember we'd play these basically empty bars. But what was really cool, this is like 2005-ish, um, 2006 maybe, he would, as a sound check, he would do all this kind of like voice manipulation with like vocoders and like harmonizers. And that's not a new thing. I mean, a lot of people were doing that before Brian Eno, one of them. But he was kind of doing it in like a, almost like a folk setting. But I know mm. Kanye really latched on to and was very into like... Uh, Bonivere's music and and I know he respects Justin Vernon a lot and has has had a lot of nice things to say about him. So I feel like Kanye got some of that I'm just speculating, got some of that that kind of aesthetic of using your voice as an instrument like that. I think he picked up on that and started to use it. And like you even see that on he's not afraid to mess with his voice. Like he's always done that. There's ones that are just literally just his voice, right? Just through like a vocoder. Or like even songs like um uh Water off the most recent album. Well, so so 
like you, you still get that sense of you know using your voice as an instrument i don't know i think that's really cool yeah i also think he seemed to go outside of you know the the conventional swim lane of, of rap mm. at the time like i know as a follow-up yeah. that he's quoting this elite daily article yeah. again uh, as a follow-up to his debut album college dropout uh, late registration provided mm -hmm. hip-hop with an innovative approach different from his previous sample-heavy works. Now, Kanye claimed that the project was sonically inspired by English band Portishead and wow. film score composer John Bryan, who actually executive produced the album and provided grander instrumentation, specifically strings. So the willingness to sort mm. of go outside of, um, mm -hmm. I guess, the conventional path and what came before and sort of deviate, not just a little bit, but pretty significantly, uh, I, I did think set the table or was certainly a, a precursor for what was for, what was to come. Yeah. So any uh, any other thoughts on, on Kanye this week, Britt? As a sneakerhead, I just I follow Easy Mafia on uh, Instagram. It's my favorite Instagram. It's just you get to see all these new releases and even prototypes of new shoes. Some of them are really bizarre and cool. He's made sneakers art pieces like like nobody else has before. So like I just I love that. And um, uh, I've never owned a pair of Yeezys. I'm almost like you know when I was talking about Jordans before. Like when I hit the when I get to this like certain reverence for something, like I feel like I can't even approach it <laughs> um but i you know i think i think the sneakers in particular are like are really incredible just i just enjoy them as creations so uh shout out to get some get a, get a pair of yeezys um if you can if you can find them at a decent price yeah anything else Chaz, for you you know i just yeah. want to touch on that i meant to bring it up earlier yeah he just signed that deal which is likely to be worth oh. around 100 million with gap yeah. The Gap, who's sort of been floundering and have lost their identity for a period. I think they've been, uh, you know, they've been a victim of fast fashion and new entrants like Uniqlo. Gap seems to have lost their way. So they've done a partnership with the Yeezy brand yeah. for 10 years. It's, you know, likely to net Kanye 100 million. But I, I'm certainly, uh, I'm very interested to your point earlier when you said he, he doesn't necessarily want it to be high fashion. He wants it to be functional and perhaps more accessible yeah. than it's been thus far so I'll, I'll be watching that with great interest i just yeah i i just have tremendous admiration for somebody at every single stage where they said well you can't do that he went and just did that you know he said yeah. he was even complaining early on when he was trying to go to paris fashion week how nobody would even meet with him and now i'm sure that's not the case at all and now he's <laughs> you know and now he's got uh he's bringing some pretty incredible color palette and design to a wide audience through gap i think that's going to be an exciting thing to see yeah, no doubt about it so georgia yeezy 2001 says oh back to the sneaker thing okay Chaz, what's your favorite yeezy sneaker I guess they're assuming that you you're a sneakerhead like me. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, I, I am. Yeah. Uh, I, I consider myself somewhat of a, a sneakerhead. You, you are. I am, but I, I don't. If you put me in a room full of legit sneakerheads, I'd be. would <laughs> quickly find out that I'm a rank amateur, right? So um, I'm not sure whatever the latest one is called, but there is a certain. It almost looks like a desert boot. It's yes. got this. You know, talks about this like earthy tones. It, 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 imagine if. Uh, Mad Max met with, you know, the Nike from Back to the Future and they had a baby and this sneaker is the footwear version of that child. I think it's, uh, yeah. That's what you'll find. 
I think that's the desert rat. I think that's what they're called. I, I think you're right. It, it's really it's it's Here, quite elegant. Yeah. Is it the desert rat or is it the um is it the five hundreds high? Let me check. Desert rat. Yeezy. Oh no, desert rat is what I was thinking. So yeah, yeah it's the pepper. Oh, the, the, pep the Yeezy Boost 380 Pepper. Pepper. Sorry, I have an accent. <laughs> Yeezy Boost 380 Pepper. Yeah, dude, it looks like a Desert Horizon. Yeah. Those are the jam. Yeah, I don't mind them. Those are super sweet. I like the uh, I like the Yeezy 500s. I was going to try to get some, and my, my wife said they look like dinosaur feet. I was like, well, so? <laughs> I think they're cool. And now they have the high ones, which is what uh, the Yeezy High in Slate, that's what Elon was rocking. Oh, yeah. I do like the Yeezy 500s. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're quite cool. nice. They're, they're, they look kind of like, oh, that's a sensible shoe. They're actually kind of chunky. Like yeah, yeah. Buy, you know when you see, when you see them in the wild, I'm like, whoa! Like they're they're kind of they got some they got some meat to them. <laughs> they got some heft. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, mine would be yeah, mine would be the uh, the 500 for sure. I'm although if I could get my hands on the Wave Runner 700s, mm. I would wear those. But I, I'm afraid I would probably get like robbed. Like they would, somebody would like knock me over the head and take them or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But those are gorgeous. The wave runners in the original color uh, mm -hmm. with the orange accent. I love those. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah. All right. Good app. Good effort. Good effort, sir. Well, <laughs> so you are listening to the Furious Curious hosted and produced by me, Britton Rice and my esteemed colleague, Charlie Quirk here in San Francisco, California. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the underscore furious underscore curious and on Twitter at the FRSCRS. We welcome your comments, insults, constructive feedback, and compliments on our sartorial ineptitude. <laughs> yeah, and on that with the comments, like uh, add us on Instagram if there's a cultural phenomenon you want us to cover. Uh, we are we are open to all sorts of uh, ideas. So yeah, uh, hit us up. Uh, so until next time, stay curious. Out. They don't want me to Kanye. They don't want Kanye to be Kanye. They want to sign a fake Kanye. They trying to sign a Kanye. That's right, I call him Kanye. But don't take me the wrong way. But don't take me the wrong way. Cause God took me a long way. They want to edit the interviews. They want to take it to interludes. Cut a whole sentence to interludes. You know that it's fake if it's in the news. Today we're talking about Kanye West and the rise of Yeezy. I'm Brett. Uh, <laughs> okay uh okay uh ron burgundy <laughs> i'm brit he's chaz this is the furious oh, i think that was pretty good yeah <laughs> all right should we go again sorry <laughs> from speakers to what's coming out of your sneakers and from <laughs> no 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 you got to read the wrong way he oh, oh wow we got the we got the a team today don't we <laughs> Woo.